0: Welcome, everyone, to the Shepherd Talk podcast with Pastor Ray Jones from Ridgecrest Baptist Church. This conversation is centered on reaching, building, and connecting you to the mission God has in store for your life. We hope these practical conversations help to encourage and equip you to follow Jesus in a greater way. Pastor, how are you doing today? Good, Chase. How you guys doing? Doing well as uh, this week, and uh, see you drinking your Diet Mountain Dew. Got it.
1: Yeah, I left of it. I've been sipping on it for a Always while. got it with you. Not
0: always, but uh, if I can find one nearby, I'll have one handy. <laughs> All right, guys. So, what do we call this, Ridgecrest Sports Network? I think it's what we called it last. Time. <laughs> Ridgecrest Sports Network. And on the last podcast, we did predict what we who we thought would win the World Series. And um, Pastor, you went with the Rays.
1: Yeah, I'm a little depressed about that. <laughs>
0: what was the Not problem? Not that
1: I went with them, but that they they weren't able to pull it out. You know what what was the problem? um they just couldn't match the offense of the Dodgers the Dodgers you know from one to nine they just they had their sticks worked and the Rays you know the Rays were have always been a team I mean always this season in the abbreviated season have always been a team that played a low score they were that's their game right. keep it low and then they they would win but the Dodgers bats were just against good pitching right. And the Rays made a real tactical mistake there in that in that sixth game when you know when they pulled out Blake Snell, um, and you know Kevin Cash, manager for them, even said afterwards, is said I, I blew it. I, it was a mistake. Um, uh, Blake Snell was pitching, I think, maybe the game of his life, mm. and uh, he pulled just. Because of, you know, the analytics right. at a certain point in time, you pull him and right. it's one of the times when the numbers hurt you. Right. Playing by the numbers hurt you. So right. So there were some tactical. I think if Snell had a stayed on a little further, because the, the Rays were leading. Right. If Snell had stayed in and pitched at least another inning, because it was as soon as they took him out that bam, 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 just like that. Right. And the Dodgers went up uh, on the Rays. I think they had kept him in another inning. Maybe even another inning and a half. I think the Rays would have won the game, and that would have at least forced a game, game seven. Game seven, yeah, could you have know, changed.
0: So. Could have changed it up,
1: but that you know could have would have should have
2: worked <laughs> you know, on the it, back side.
0: Exactly right. Broxton as a diehard Braves fan, does it hurt you to see the Dodgers win?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I
1: didn't watch a single game though. You yeah. didn't watch a single game of the series. Well, I might
2: have watched an inning, but. <laughs> Well, I mean, like coming off the NLCS, it was just so stressful. I mean, like, and I've even heard one of the Braves' podcasts I listened to with um, Erico Flaherty. He's a former Braves reliever. Even he said that he had no interest. I think he watched the latter part of the World Series, but those first few games, he was like, "I don't. I just need a break." <laughs> and that's somebody yeah. who played. Yeah. Who played? Um, so I didn't watch any. Other.
1: Well, and to have a lead, you know, that's the hard thing to. Uh, you know, just to see that, and yeah, I'd almost forgotten. Thanks. <laughs> well, I'd almost forgotten too until we started talking about it, and, <laughs> and because I, I root for the Braves, as I said last time, the, right? Uh, Rays are my American League team. The Braves are my National League team, and uh, so I really was pulling for. Them. And I thought, you know, I thought this year they they really looked so good going into the the playoffs. I thought they got a real chance. To get there and if you had have asked me between the braves and the rays and only one of them make it to the series i would have said the braves will and the rays won't right you know and it turned out just the, the opposite so but maybe the braves are are not done if they can uh, um, hold on to uh, what's his face they signed for one year help me guys who am i, am I talking about uh ozuna Ozuna, yeah. 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 If if they can hold on to him, I think he's worth signing again after the year he had. Yeah. But they may have to shell out money that they're not willing to shell out. Now
0: that. if things go back to normal, is the D H to stay in the National League? I,
1: I I'm one of those who like the D H in the National League. And uh, I'd like to see it stay. How about you guys? Yeah.
0: yeah, I hope so. I think it stays. I don't think after, you know, a year like this you can go back to yeah. not having the well, DH. and
2: that's dependent. Resigning signing Ozuna is dependent on that's, that. That's why is, I would say that too. Because, like, if if it's not there, there's kind of that's. So. Yeah,
1: I heard something about, and I don't know where I heard this, uh, but uh, someone out there in the baseball world said, if all is normal in this coming year season, they probably will will have the regular season without the DH, but with the intention somehow to bring it in the following season or something. I don't understand that. If you're going to bring it in, you just bring it in and just say we're going to continue that that way. Do you all like
0: it? I do. I like the DH. I think it's – I mean, at this point, I don't – you know, going American League versus National League, I mean, it just makes sense to kind of – I don't think you're going to go back to no DH. So, I would say just let's just go consistent for both leagues and – yeah. Let it be. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how much this year, and we got to move on, but how much this year really changes baseball in general. Like, yeah. could there be a shorter season? Like, do people like that? Were there more, you know, like, as did far draw, as
1: – Did you like a, a shorter season?
0: I, I think yeah, with
2: all those going on, it Longer was – Longer
1: than, what, 60 games, but yeah. Yeah. shorter than Well, that's one, of my,
2: that's one of my favorite things about baseball as compared to everything else is, like, you can't – there is so much – There is so much to watch that you can, you can, like, if you're just tired of it for like a week or two, you can really, you cannot, you don't really miss much. There's going to be so much to watch. And there's, so you can get so much more enjoyment out of a team that you're pulling for rather than with football, it's just, you know, 13 weeks or whatever it is. Um, But if I had, I will tell you this, if I had watched, I didn't miss many games this year, but if I had watched 100 plus games, and then it ended the way <laughs> that it did this year, I would have been yeah. upset. <laughs>
1: so. um, but it's still the only thing, and I, I've watched a lot of baseball this year particularly. Um, but man, these games are so long, you know. They still hadn't resolved that. They've, you know, done two or three things that they thought would, you know, you got to pitch to three, a, a new pitcher has to pitch to at least three batter. You know, all those things, are, I guess, are helpful but I couldn't tell that it shortened the game at, at all. And that's the only thing, I mean, you start watching a game in the first inning, and you've got a beard by the time the <laughs> ninth inning rolls around, or so it seems. So I wish, I, I wish there was something they could do about that. It just seems like it goes on
0: forever. Yeah. Well we'll we'll see what comes um and uh what major league baseball looks like and uh we'll transition now though out of Ridgecrest Sports Network and uh our <laughs> sports talk and jump into what we call Shepherd Talk Pastor where we just have conversations of different things going on, things that you um have have spoken on or uh, wrote about in a column and things on your heart and one of the things today that we just kind of want to jump in to help our listeners is coming out of the context of this 2020 election um kind of where we are how do we move forward with really the unknown still in the current context of us um recording this podcast um, and some things that you shared uh, with our church this past Sunday on kind of moving forward as Christians in the world that we live in right now due to the 2020 election. And so just open us up there, Pastor, and we'll go from there. Okay.
1: Well, you know, um, there's a lot of people um, uh, from, it, uh, from most evangelicals that uh, are terribly disappointed right now. And uh, I suspect there are some who are terribly excited um but uh, you know a few weeks ago I, I wrote an article on how to pick a president and the whole premise of that article is we don't pick a president on the basis of fleshly character issues because we've got flawed people and we're not we are not selecting a theologian in chief we're i wish this was a theocracy and that would change things dramatically it's not um and so uh what I've always tried to do, and I, I've counseled our church, I've never told them how to vote, but but to look at um, platforms. What does a platform stand for? And uh, I don't think they're perfect platforms, but I do think there are some things that will render a platform uh, acceptable over another platform. In this case, there were very clear distinctions: uh, abortion, uh, religious liberty, uh, judicial integrity. Uh, There were things like that that made this election very, very uh, significant. Uh, In my view, uh, the platform that holds most closely to the values that we believe, well, we don't believe, that are articulated in the scripture, uh, the the protection of the unborn, uh, you know, uh, justice and uh, legal integrity and and things like... um, a certain moral uh, behaviors, uh, marriage, uh, gender issues and sexuality issues that are all clearly articulated in the scripture. Uh, and that platform did not did not carry the day. Uh, that's what it amounts to. Right now, as we record this, as you just mentioned, the outcome may yet be determined. This is not going to be settled anytime soon um, and uh, and in my view, if we can't validate the integrity of, of the election, it, it should be uh, at least uh, called into question, but not just throwing accusation. Uh, there has to be uh, valid, uh, legitimate uh, uh, reasons to pursue that. So, But here's what I shared with our congregation on the basis. of That's kind of background. I set it up. Uh, what has occurred may be what remains. I mean, this may be... Uh, what remains. And by the way, the, the, as much as they wield influence in this country, the media does not have the constitutional authority to declare who the president is. That's right, yeah. And as much as they want to give off that perception, uh, they do not have the constitutional authority to declare uh, who is president who is not. Uh, they have kind of uh, taken that upon themselves as if they do. And that's why you've got so much wrangling going on out there right now, because they've made a declaration in which others have said that can't yet be validated. And so, uh, uh, so we have to be careful. I think regardless of the outcome of this election, Americans need to understand for future elections that the media doesn't have the authority uh, to, to make a declaration as if they do have the authority. And uh, that needs to be uh, certainly uh, remembered and factored in. And so some of the, the angst that you're seeing right now is directly related to that, uh, to a media who said, we're going to go ahead and make declarations regardless of, and the inconsistency in how they made some of those calls are particularly uh, concerning. Uh, and, and so that's why you have some of the wrangling going on. Ironically, the previous election, it was done by... Uh, the other party, the losing party, same sorts of things, questioning the election. Today, we're being told everybody just needs to get on board now and not question anything. And so I guess this has been the way of the world. If you lose, you say uh, something went wrong. If you win, you say to the other side, now y'all just come on and let's just work together sort of thing. Right. Um, but the, the question really comes to us as Christians. So where do we go? Uh, The platform that uh, upholds life and religious liberty and uh, judicial integrity and moral biblical values, in this case, uh, was not the the winning platform. So where do we go and what does that mean for us? Well, I I think there are two or three things that we need to know. Uh, Number one, for us as believers, it does not change, and that's the important thing. It does not change a couple of things. It doesn't change uh, our, uh, our message. Our message is Jesus Christ for the world. Jesus loves people. He loves lost people. And so our message doesn't change no matter who is in office or what administration is there. Uh, our responsibility is to tell that message and to get that message uh, out. Uh, our theme here at Ridgecrest, as you know, is reach, build, and connect. Nothing about that changes. Right. We're going to continue to do all that we can to reach people with the good news of God's love. We're going to do all that we can to build up uh, believers and help them mature in their faith. And then we're going to do all that we can to connect believers and connect uh, those who are part of the family of God with the God-designed purpose and mission that he has for their life. So none of that is effect, uh, 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 is affected by the, uh, the election. Right. Now, could it be stymied? Uh, there's possibility down the road. I think, uh, given the culture and what we're seeing playing out in our culture, that it is very conceivable that the evangelical church in in the future, if things remain as they are and we continue to move as we are, I think it's very possible that the evangelical church will be uh, marginalized. Um and even certainly more stigmatized than it has been. It will be looked upon by some as the enemy of a progressive culture because we won't adopt things like uh, same-sex marriage as just normal or we won't uh, uh, adopt things like gender identity, you just decide what you are. Right. And we won't, uh, we won't back off of marriages between uh, one man and one woman. And those things don't set well in a in a progressively leftward moving culture, that has already s- uh, swallowed those ideas, so those things could be ca- cause us to be more marginalized in an administration that does not uh, uh, does not have a problem with some of those things. So I think we could see that in the next several years. Uh, there may be even some punitive responses toward us, uh, God forbid, but it's very possible. But our mission is still the same. Uh, I mean, our message is still the same. But our mission hasn't changed either, yeah. you know. And uh, so we're going to still stand for the unborn, those who can't stand for themselves. We don't, as you guys know, we don't bring a, a condemnation against Ladies who have had abortion, we love them. uh, You know, just like we don't bring condemnation to people for other uh, uh, actions that uh, are contrary to God's word. If that were true, we'd all be in real trouble. Yeah. So we love those. Uh, We don't love sin, but we love sinners. Right. And we're all sinners. And thank God He loved us. So, but we're still going to stand for the unborn. Uh, They can't speak for themselves. They are creation of God. We're still going to stand for a moral civility that's biblical. Right. Uh, we derive our theology from those things. We're still going to stand uh, for uh, judicial integrity. People say, how, how, isn't that, how do you get a spiritual or a biblical twist on that? Well, quite frankly, go to the Supreme Court. There are two wooden doors leading into the, the Supreme Court. And if you, they're massive doors. If you look at them, they have engraved on them ten things the Ten Commandments, engraved them. You go into the Supreme Court, the Ten Commandments are posted. Our law was derived from the laws of God. Right. And so judicial integrity is all about maintaining a a legal system that has its foundation and moral absolutes in the truths of God. So we're going to stand for that. Uh, And so our message and our mission do not change as a result of this. Uh, Further, I would say... uh, We are citizens of the kingdom before we are citizens even of this nation as believers. Uh, And so our loyalty, uh, we want to be patriots. Uh, We want to affirm right and justice and uh, righteousness in a nation. But frankly, uh, we are part of the kingdom of God. And the election reminds us that nothing has changed about the kingdom of God. And nothing has changed about our king. That's good. And uh, none of this has taken him by surprise. Uh, He either uh, allowed it or caused it. Hmm. Uh, And uh, my personal opinion is if he allowed it uh, and the way things are bent right now in the culture, that's not a good thing. Uh, Sometimes God will give a people what they deserve, not what they need. Hmm. And uh, I hope that's not the case uh, for us. But, um, but nothing has changed about us. So as a church, for example, we continue doing... Our methods haven't changed. Right. They could down the road, depending right. on you know, the marginalization and that sort of stigmatization, but our methods haven't changed. Our message hasn't uh, changed. Our mission has not changed, uh, despite uh, who's in office in Washington. In the end, uh, our king uh, is not in Washington. And and our Savior is not in Washington. And our Savior lives in our hearts. Our King is ruling from his throne. And so we always first say, what does our King say? We adjust our lives accordingly.
0: Yeah, that's so helpful just to process because it's it's easy to get caught up in in where we are and and lose the reality that God is still on the throne and that the mission, like you said, is still the same. And so, Pastor, wrap us up on this conversation today about the election and how to deal with it and, and talk to the listeners out there about how to carry themselves in the current climate that we find ourselves in as Christians that we want to believe what we just talked about and we live in a world where everybody has a voice, possibly on social yeah. media or in the office or you know, just out and about, how should we carry ourselves and, and deal with other people around us and ultimately try to continue to fulfill the mission? Yeah.
1: Well, I, first of all, we sometimes assume that as a Christian, we can't express our voice. But the problem is often when we express it, we just express it the wrong way. Uh, the Bible tells us to speak the truth in love. And so it doesn't tell us not to speak truth. It just tells us there's a way to do it. Paul said, let your uh, speech always be seasoned with grace. And so uh, some people think, well, it just means that now we can't uh, can't speak up or stand up. No, there are things we have to speak up and stand up for. We just got to do it the right way. And we got to do it under the control and leading of the Holy Spirit. I've been doing a series, as you guys know, on the Holy Spirit and And one of the uh, traits of the fruit of the Spirit uh, is self-control. And love, of course, uh, is part of that. Kindness is one of those. Those are things that our flesh doesn't do well, but the Spirit of God in us can. And so I can exercise with the power of the Spirit. I can can say, exercise your self-control in my life. So some things I just don't need to say. But there are other things I need to say with kindness and love and grace, knowing that they're not going to be received well. But the goal isn't so much to win a fight as it is to, to declare truth. Yeah, that's good. And so I think we have to, we have to do that, uh, Chase. Uh, I think we, uh, the, the answer is not to uh, become hostile. Uh, number next, we still have the same obligation— to pray for those in office. Paul tells us to do that. Romans 13 tells us to be in submission and to that point in which it it doesn't at least require us to deny our faith or deny our Savior. And so we have to pray just like we would whoever was in the office. We have to pray for them to have wisdom and to lead well. And we we don't pray for their failure. We pray for their salvation if they do not know Christ. And we pray for because if they do well, we do well, right? You know, in a nation, yeah. and so uh, we pray that they'll understand what the truth is uh, and uh, those sorts of things. So that is our response, but it isn't. Uh, it doesn't suggest that we just roll over and say, "Now, you know, I can't say anything or can't speak." Speaking the truth in love.
0: You know, Pastor, when you think about a time like this, when things are, are like they are, I mean, it's just another opportunity for the church to really be what is intended for the church to be, and a light in a world that is dark, and um, bring hope in the midst of reality where maybe for some that doesn't seem as if there's there's hope. And for those of you that are listening, we have that opportunity uh, to keep the mission, keep the message, and be faithful in that. And so, Pastor, any last words you want to share just, today?
1: I would just say this, Chase. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Look up. Uh, Anytime you put your eyes on the world, you're going to be disappointed, discouraged. Nothing that has transpired has taken God by surprise. So that means he's still in control. And he is my king. So if he's my king, I'm going to keep my eyes on him and follow him. If you'll do that, that will help you stay encouraged. If you put your eyes on men, on elections, on candidates, all of that, it's a, it's a certain path to discouragement. Yeah.
0: Pastor, that's so good. Thank you for those encouraging words. And we are thankful for all of you that are listening and uh, encourage you, as always, to share the podcast and subscribe um, to our uh, podcast channel and uh, let other people experience this uh, podcast as well. And hope this has been an encouragement for you to walk in the, the times that we're living in and, and walk as a, uh, a follower of Christ with great hope in a king that is on the throne. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Shepherd Talk podcast. We hope God will continue to use you to reach the lost, build up other believers, and connect your life to the mission and purpose God has for you. We look forward to more talks in the days ahead with Pastor Ray.